0: صلى الله عليك يا رسول الله وعلى أهل بيتك المظلومين صلى الله عليك يا مولاي وابن مولاي يا أبا عبد الله يا رحمة الله الواسعة ويا باب نجات الامه يا مظلوم ويا غريب كربلا ما خاب من تمسك بكم أمنا والله من لجاء إليكم يَا لَيْتَنَا ثُمَّ يَا لَيْتَنَا كُنَّا مَعَكُمْ سَيِّدِي فَنَفُوزَ فَوْزًا عَظِيمًا بر محمد وآل محمد صلوات بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين الحمد لله الذي هدانا لهذا وما كنا لنهتدي لولا أن هدانا الله وأشهد أن لا إله إلا الله وحده لا شريك له وأشهد أن سيدنا وعظيمنا وحبيب قلوبنا النبي المؤيد والرسول المسدد والمصطفى الأمجد والمحمود الأحمد حبيب إله العالمين أبي القاسم محمد صلوات الله وسلامه عليه وعلى اهل
1: بيته الطيبين الطاهرين المعصومين سفن النجات الاعلام من ركب سفينتهم نجا ومن تخلف عنها هلك وغرق ثم اما بعد respected sisters brothers elders and scholars السلام عليكم جميعا ورحمة الله وبركاته we've almost covered the topic from the past three nights in regard to how and uh, how we can learn the etiquettes of surfing the nets and using what we call the social platforms and i hope inshallah that beginning with myself and then with my respected audience that we had some sort of an idea of how these particular platforms affect our life and how we should respond to them and how we should deal uh, uh, when it comes to the usage of these particular platforms. Today it's a completely different topic since we owe it to our master and our Imam, Al Imam Abi Abdullah Al Hussein, to spend a little bit of time understanding what our beloved master al-imam al-husayn wants from us as his followers because we can't just be followers by lip service we can't just say i love someone but when it comes to action i don't produce results the arab poet says in one of his stanzas, he says Yaman hubba majjana, hala akamta ala burhana? or you who claim to love someone should you not at least corroborate your love with action right it just can't be I love you I love you and then khuda hafiz. there is nothing that is actually proven in action and to prove that in action it means we have to emulate the lifestyle the characteristics the values the principles everything Imam Hussain lived for and died for must become part and parcel of our own life now in life. Why I say this? Because we have a hadith by Imam Sadiq
0: Salawatullahi
1: <coughs> In which the Imam salawatullahi says the following.
0: <coughs>
1: he says after someone came and spoke to the Imam so he's having a dialogue with the Imam a nice conversation all of a sudden the Imam asked this person the following uh, question and there is a lot of benefit in this hadith by the way because it opens to us a huge horizon of how we should deal with one another on the basis of being the followers firstly of Ahlul Bayt and belonging to one community and don't misunderstand me when I say belonging to one community to mean one particular nationalistic. No. One community, I'm referring to the Muslim community. The followers of Ahlul Bayt at large, be it you are Afghan, Arab, Indian, Koja, you name it. We, what, she, what binds us together, what brings us together, what unites us together is that we're all followers of what? Of Ahlul Bayt, Sallallahu Alaihi alayhim Ajma'in. That's the number one question. That is the identity we should hold and be proud of. When someone asks you, "What is your identity?" Unmistakenly, first and foremost, my identity is that I'm a Muslim. And what comes after that matters not. What comes after that matters not. You name whatever you want after that but your primary identity is that you belong to this religion as a muslim as a submitter to the will of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so the imam says to this man atajlisuna wa do you visit one another and sit in gathering and you take our affairs and talk about them look at the look, look at the question He didn't say, do you sit and talk and gossip? Do you sit and talk about finances? Do you sit and talk about work? Do you sit and talk about a third party? Do you sit and talk about this dunya?" No. That's beside the points. That can come later. Of course, not the gossip part, but anything else, right? You can discuss finances, you can discuss family, you can discuss friendship, right? But of course, you can't discuss slander and gossip. but we do it unfortunately and that's something we need to rid ourselves from the imam is specifically asking number one number one is that do you actually gather and to be able to gather it means do you visit one another that is something that has become scarce in our communities today right everyone is busy with work everyone is busy doing his own thing going to the gym I don't know what but together as a community to discuss the affairs of the community to come as one body and feel the concern of one another that is unfortunately dwindling it's not happened and the imam encourages this act he said do you gather and visit one another and you talk and revive our affairs during that time they used to do that at the time of Imam al-Sadiq, sallallahu alaihi So this man says to the Imam, yes, indeed, we do. In fact, it's a pleasure that we meet and we discuss your affairs. Look what the Imam says. He says, by God, I love such gatherings. By God, I love such gatherings. Fa revive our teachings revive our ways remember our teachings remember our values may Allah have a mercy on those who revive and remember our values and principles and then Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta'ala says what in the Quran it's amazing that you know that the, the, the 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 lifestyle of Ahlul Bayt and the Quran are synon- synonymous. They are one thing. They reflect on one another. Ahlul Bayt look at the Quran and they are a, a complete reflection of image of the Quran. And then you look at Ahlul Bayt, you see exactly the Quran in them. Subhanallah. Look at this ayah in Surat Al-Anfal, verse 24. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala says. يا أيها الذين آمنوا استجيبوا لله وللرسول إذا دعاكم لما يحييكم أو you who believe respond to Allah and to his messenger when he calls to you to that which what which revives you so when Ahlulbayt called you when Allah calls you when Rasulullah calls you you are actually before responding to them dead we're a dead entity until and unless we respond to Allah and the Prophet and His household. Ya ayyuha amanu stajibu. Respond, hasten in your response when Allah subhanahu wa taala calls upon. So how does Allah call upon us? How? Every time, every time Allah subhanahu wa taala says in the Quran, and you read in the Quran, Ya ayyuha amanu who is he calling who is he calling the canadians out there he's calling the americans okay he's calling the arabs he's calling a specific type of people and the quran has three different addresses or four different addresses ya general all in all when allah says ya ayuhanas it means it's a matter that concerns what the entire human race right the entire human race so this is a general address to everyone who calls himself what human one address second address ya al kafirun that is specific huh that is specific we know who that address belongs to ya ayyuh al kafirun okay the third address which is our point of discussion is when allah says ya ayyuh ladina. Amen when Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la says amanu means drop everything and listen what does Allah want from you huh what does Allah want from you because Allah is not calling you in vain Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Ta-A'la is calling you to refine you Allah is calling you to revive you Allah is calling you to make you shed all the ailments and the diseases of the hearts whether it's gossip or greed or selfishness or conceit or arrogance or whatever you name it, right? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya you amanu. Akeemus salah establish salah. Ya you aladina amanu kutiba alaykum mussiyah. Ya you haladina aman u kutiba alaykum ya you haladina amanu, and the list goes on, right? That call should send shivers down my spine because Allah now directly is talking to me. Provided that I believe that I'm a believer, right? Provided that I enumerate myself among those who call themselves what? مؤمنين, right? Then the address is specific to me. And each and every one of us should feel that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, in his infinite wisdom and glory, is actually talking to me specifically. So ya ladina amanu yes it may include everyone else among the mu'minin but it is also a special address to me specifically because i am a mu'min and i need to respond to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala so we say that indeed it's a great honor and a great privilege that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives us the opportunity to actually attend the majalis of Imam Hussein Salawatullahi Wallah. Summa wallah. Wabilla wa tallah. These all three types of, 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 of you know calling on Allah. Billah wah wallah. Every time you come to this majalis and every time you take a step forward, one of your misdeeds or one of our misdeeds is being wiped away. And ten of good deeds are added to your book of accounts. Every time you come to this majalis, you are pleasing Rasulullah himself, sallallahu wasallam. Because if Rasulullah is the one that actually initially cried over Imam Hussein, sallallahu alaihi wasallam, that in itself legitimizes the crying over Abi Abdullah Hussein, sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Don't let people fool you with things that make no sense whatsoever. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala saved Adam on the day of Ashura. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala brought Adam from Jannah on the day of Ashura. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala saved Musa on the day of Ashura. Allah Subhanahu wa ta'ala made the ark of Noah rest on the mountain of Judi on the day of Ashura. So we should celebrate it? Really? why are you celebrating something that is 3500 old and you're not commemorating something that is 1400 old right which is the martyrdom of imam hussein عليه عليه. the grandson of rasulullah you know if you fast on the day of ashura allah will forgive a year that passed and a year that came what a lot of lies what a lot of lies you know why? Because that day is a day where the image of Beni Umayyah was completely shattered and tarnished because of the criminal activity in killing Imam Hussain. What other way are they going to make their image look good again? Say that the day of Ashura is a blessed day. So people will forget about him, Imam Hussein and what happened to Imam Hussein on the 10th day of Ashura. Ajib. Wallah, I say this, that the media machinery, the media machinery of Bani Umayyah, is worse than Fox News. Wallah, worse than Fox News. The way they employed people to lie on their behalf in order to obliterate the mention of Ahlul Bayt, is something that is beyond a person's conception or belief. But you know who foiled all their plots, and that is the wisdom why Imam Hussein allah, alayhi, brought As Sayyidah Zahra, A Sayyida Zaynab, alayhi, out. Salute, salute. You know what salute means? Take your hat off and 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 salute the role of women and sisters in our community. Salute them, honor them. Because you know what? They're copying half of the Nonsense in the community on our behalf. They are targeted. They go on a bus. Someone tells her, "What is this tea towel on your head?" Right? You've heard this. Why do you wear a tea towel? You go in on on the bus with a suit, with a tie. No one knows you. Right? You keep a nice beat, They think you're a model. Right? Or you're probably uh, going for an interview with one of those, you know, uh, high-end brands—Louis Vuitton, with Versace, with. Uh, Christian Dior what have you. InshaAllah one day we'll have our Muslim Dior. Not just Christian Dior. Salah ala Muhammad wa ali Muhammad. But they are visible. They are there in everyone's face. They are actually carrying the legacy of Zainab. Salamullah alayha. They're walking with their heads raised high in the middle of every profession, in the middle of every street, in the middle of every venue, saying to the world, I am the follower and the flag bearer of Hussein and Zainab put together. Zainab is the one, the epitome of the mouthpiece of the actual media machinery after, after the martyrdom of Imam Hussain she stood like a mountain she was without a doubt the daughter of Ali ibn Abi Talib as they call her and when she was tried when, she, when Yazid tried to mock her when Yazid tried to put her down when Yazid wanted to make a mockery of her he said to her Inna Allah akthaba uhdusatakum Allah had failed your lie Allah had exposed your lie you and your brother She looked at him and she said it pity me O Yazid it pities me that I should talk to someone like you Look how strong she was she was taken prisoner of war but you know why she was so proud Because she believed in the message she was carrying, and that is her faith. And when you believe in your faith, no one can mess with you. No one. No one. Everyone out there wants you to believe that their culture and their civilization is superior to yours. No, it's not. It is not superior to yours. All the medicine, all the knowledge, all the science that you see in today's world is attributed to the contribution of the golden era of Muslim science. And you should be proud of that era. And you should learn about that era. And you should argue that era. What makes your way superior to my way? Right? What gives you the right to write out? the charter of human rights what do you know about human rights Hmm? what do you know about human rights when you created slavery for 50 years and brought people from their own homelands and now you're going to tell me what it means to be free when islam said it 1400 years ago there is no difference between an arab over a non-arab or a white over a non-white or a black over a white or a red over a yellow or a yellow over a red no discrimination all of them in the sight of allah are like the teeth of a comb one level one level the only one among them whether he's white black yellow red male female arab non-arab the only superiority that you can enjoy is on the basis of your taqwa on the basis of your righteousness what makes you a good human being in not also a good human being that you think you can show off among other human beings no what makes you a good human being in the eyes of allah which means if i think i am someone that bears righteousness and practice righteousness i should not think or be conceited that now I am better than someone else. Impossible. That is not the quality of a mu'min. That is not the quality of the follower of Ahlul Bayt. Salawatullahi ajma'in. Musa was a prophet or not? One of the ordinary prophets or one of the special prophets? One of the special, one of the five. They call them Ulul Azm. Those who are most endowed with a message. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in Surah, wa is Wa These are ulul az minka means you, Ya Rasulullah. We took a strong covenant from you. And then from who? Minka. وَمِنْ نُوحٍ Wa وَمُوسَى Wa And from Nawa, from Ibrahim, from Moses, from Jesus. Okay. Musa goes to Receive the tablets from Allah, the commandments. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, next time you come to get more revelation, bring someone who is you think is less than you. How many at times we think people are less than us? Seriously, let's face it. How many times? How many times I would be walking down the street and I think, ah, look at this drunken guy. My God, bro, and thank God I'm a Muslim. Isn't that what we think? Yeah look at this guy he's drunken he doesn't know what he's doing so Musa says okay if that's what you want your Allah that's what you want it is what it is so Musa a few days later comes exactly what I gave the example he saw a drunken man so he looks at him and says maybe I'm better than him I'm a prophet at least surely I'm better than him he's about to take him with him and then he said Astaghfirullah maybe sometimes this man could repent he could become a good man he could go back to Allah and Allah may accept him and he may get to a stage higher than the angels can a human being get to a stage higher than the angels can he can he or not are you confident say it of course he can why because angels are created to worship Allah you as a human being are created with both options to worship or not to worship if you decide to worship and not to worship, you have gained a level higher than the angels. Because by choice, you decided to worship and not to go against Allah. Now you have a rank higher than the angels. See why Allah created you? When Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala said to the angels, I want to create a vicegerent on earth. atajalu من <مي> يفسد فيها ويسفك الدماء ونحن نسبح بحمدك ونقدس لك قال اني اعلم ما لا تعلمون ها هي said oh allah would you create in this world someone as a vicegerent to you someone that will create mischief and spill blood while we glorify thy name allah said i know what you don't know don't argue of course the malaika were not arguing actually they were just inquiring and to corroborate their inquiry, they mentioned do these two things. And how did they know? This is not my topic for discussion today, but in passing, quickly. Okay, it's already 8.30. MashaAllah. In, in, passing, in passing, they said because they knew that there was a creation before Adam that were living on this earth, that they were always creating mischief and killing one another you know and this makes perfect sense and we are the only religion that acknowledges this by the way because every other religion says humanity started from who from who thank you and that is if we admit it as Muslims we would have shot ourselves in the leg because scientifically does not stand, right or wrong. The earth has been for millions of years here and they've found many evidence of fossil that indicates that there was life before Adam, right or wrong. But that life was primitive. There were Adams like our Adams. The only difference between the previous Adams and the last Adam is that this Adam is the intellectual one the one who has been given the decree to worship Imam Ja'far al-Sadiq himself says in hunaka alfu adam ka adamikum Imam al-Sadiq says in Bihar al-Anwar there is a thousand Adam like your Adam go and search it so you know I'm not getting anything from my pocket search it right so that gives you also a higher understanding of how the world runs because when people say ah the world started with Adam and there is so much evidence to co- to contradict this you say we don't believe that we believe that there was creation before Adam anyway so Musa continues his journey he finds Rabbi wa atubu he finds two people actually in the middle of the road doing bad stuff fornicating so I said come on surely I'm better than them in the in, in the in the middle of of the day in day broad la- in broad daylight they're doing this haram he goes towards them to take one of them he said no 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 no. i don't know maybe they will also repent allahu alam he gives up he is about to enter mount sanai he stumbles across a stray dog he's not a human being now a stray dog a dog right he says definitely i'm better than that dog definitely so he goes to pick up the dog, right? And go to Allah, he drops the dog again. He said, Allah created that dog for a reason because Allah is wise and he never creates something for no reason. He goes empty-handed, meets Allah. Assalamu alaikum. alaykum, salam Musa, these are the revelation, these are the more commandments. Go tell Bani Israel, by the way, by the way, where is the one I told you to bring with you? Where is the one I told you to bring with you? The one you think you are better than them. He said, Ya Allah, I could not find anyone. He said, Good for you, Musa. Because by my glory and majesty, had you brought someone with you, I would have erased your name from the records of prophets. You're not fit to be a prophet if you (laughs) think there is someone better than you. Imagine us human beings. Imagine us. Someone has 60 million dollars. He thinks he's God now. You know elon musk wants to go to where mars mars he wants to conquer the world why because he's got some trillion million dollars he thinks now he's god he can do whatever he wants on this earth you know he can make teslas fly teslas i don't know what he wants to do next right uh, uh, the other guy microsoft you know all these giants just because they have money they become the most arrogant of the arrogant and before them Fir'aun, Abu Jahl, Utbah, Walwalid, and the epitome of all of them, Qarun. Qarun, hmm? in the Quran, where he says to Musa, Oh Musa, to ask Allah, and by the way, there was a relationship between Qarun and Musa. In today's terminology, they were Kaz. So Mu, uh, Qarun went to Musa and says, A Of course, I'm paraphrasing, right? He says, A Kaz. I want to be rich he said "Ya karun, forget richness it's not for you you are worshiping in the temple this is your life this is what allah wants for you he says Wallah, i'm a good man musa cuz you know who i am please uh, cut the story short allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gives him gives him gives him gives him gives him the quran talks about his wealth he says one of his keys to his treasures needs ten men and over to carry one key one key one key, one key. all right to his treasures in, compar- in comparison to uh, Elon Musk it's nothing you know why it's nothing because you know what Musa taught Karun and don't ask me because I don't know but that's what the riwayah says Musa taught Karun how to change sand into gold that's how he became rich imagine how much sand we have around us if we knew the formula alhamdulillah we would have built our mosque by now right inshallah we will inshallah our administration allah give them the tawfiq and the, and the ability and the capability and the financial uh, 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 financial backing that you generously will will give so we can call this mosque our home inshallah salla allah muhammad wa ali muhammad so comes back Musa says where is your charity why aren't you paying charity because they have a tax on money according to the scriptures in the Torah he said what tax look look at the arrogance look how a person gets arrogant when he gets money and thinks he's better than the world he says I knew I was going to become rich Allahu Akbar you were begging yesterday You were begging Musa to tell you how to become rich. Now you are saying that I knew that's how they act. That's how people act. Humble yourself because you will never be able to reach heaven. Listen to the wasiyah of Luqman to his son. You know? Right? Luqman is telling his son Oh my son I'm advising you do not associate partners with Allah you know the first thing that we think about associating partners with Allah is what is what tell me what is it idols right but is money one of the shirk with Allah or not it is right it is when I make money in my heart where that money begins to control me that is a God right it's good to have money I'm not against money I wish each and every one of you becomes a millionaire good but when you become a millionaire make a vow that this money will remain in your heart it will not come in in your hand it does not come in your heart and the second vow at whatever project you make whatever thing you do when you have the money to invest it make sure if you are three brothers or two brothers or four brothers joining hands in a business Make with you always another partner, and that partner is Sahib al Asri wa Zaman. Meaning, what? Yeah. Meaning, when you divide the shares of profit after you finish, one of those divisions goes to Imam Sahib al Asri wa Zaman towards charity work. Don't just eat everything that you gain, leave charity for those who need it because Allah said in the Quran in their money is a prescribed potion for those who are in need for it right for those who are in need for it and this is a fact that when we come and revive the uh, the the Majalis of Abdullah al Hussein salawatullahi alaihi, we revive his name his legacy his heritage his characteristics his teaching we are in fact saying what we are in fact saying we are not reviving imam hussein per se but in fact on account of mentioning imam hussein we are indeed reviving ourselves and that's what we need the revival of our own dead spirit the revival of our own dead souls on account of these teachings if Muharram comes and Muharram goes and I remain the same person I am it means I have not benefited anything from this Majalis but I can assure you there are sometimes just by being present in this place a subtle influence that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala brings into the heart and the mind of a person subconsciously that it leaves certain remnants within you that over the course of time you will see the effect of attending these Majalis Wallah I say this to our youth just like the story of that man who used to work in charcoal a man used to work in charcoal he had a son the son could not believe or relate that prayer has any effect so he keeps telling his father why do you always pray to allah what are you getting out of this prayer i I don't see any change in you you know i don't see any physical change so the dad wanted to teach his son a practical lesson because if i talk to him for three hours he's not gonna be convinced right salah has this merit salah has this merit salah will change you to this salah no it needs to be a practical example so he says to him and and the shop was close to the sea so he gives him a you know this containers which has hole in it what do you call it sifter what do you call it? sifter sift it's pitch black because they carry coal with it charcoal so he says to the son take that particular sifter which is pitch black and go fetch water for me the son looks at the dad he says are you mad it's a sifter he said me, just do it I mean why do you argue with everything just do it so he goes for one month he's going forward and backward forward and back the son is thinking what that one day he's gonna achieve bringing water back to his shop right after a month he takes the sifter and he throws it on the floor he said what are you trying to prove i cannot get you the water the father smiles he said that's not my point he said what the heck what is your point he said look at the color of the container how it was and how it is now he said oh my god it was pitch black and now it is sparkling white he said and that's how the effect of salah is in your heart you may not see it but it is there it's working right it's working just like when you did not realize what is happening to the container your mind was elsewhere thinking That you're gonna fetch water with it right that's not the idea the idea is change the idea is that heart becomes cleansed it gets away from all the toils and the soils of all the ailments and the diseases that we that we carry with ourselves every now and then in reality we are the one as i said that are being revived when we talk about the majalis and the uh, the the characteristics and the teachings and the principles of Imam Hussain what we actually seek to have during this Majalis is to pay tribute tribute to the partly to the life of the Imams and based on the fact that we are paying tribute to the life of the Imam remembering their values remembering their teachings whatever we are saying whatever we are talking about should be a cause of refinement to ourselves and to our ways. يعني, if I have a bad habit, now when I listen to Imam Hussein and how he sacrificed everything, he sacrificed everything he had. He did not spare anything until he turned to Allah and said, Ya Allah, خذ حتى ترضى. Ya Allah, you take until you are satisfied. احنا, what do we say? We say, Ya Allah, give until we are satisfied see the difference huge difference we always want 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 want. we never give right we never give we need to learn the art of giving and we need also to learn the art of giving up on something right we need to be in a position where if I know but you know what our problem is what our problem is we acknowledge we have a problem but we don't give up or work out something or a system to give up on that acknowledgement one of the biggest obstacles in our way to change is what do you know what it is to acknowledge that I have a problem often we think we are free from problems everyone else has the problem the wife is the one that has the problem and issues and attitude my son is the one who has issues and attitude my daughter is the one who has issues and attitude and she doesn't listen but i am mr perfect i do nothing wrong everything i say is right you know we all have our own shortcomings all it takes for change to take place is in fact to admit that i have a problem and acknowledge that I have a problem. Imam Ali says the first point of true repentance is to admit that you have a problem. To admit and begin by saying, I admit, oh Allah, forgive me. Secondly, after that, there is another condition. It's not good enough to just admit. You admit and you make a commitment. What is the commitment? I'm not gonna go back to the same habit again. Thirdly, another commitment. What is it? I would hate to revisit the shortcoming or the sin or the bad deed that I've been doing in as much I as I would hate to be thrown back into hellfire can you imagine to that extent imam ali goes even further but i don't want to make it difficult for you three is enough if we can achieve these three it's enough if you want to explore more go read the hadith of amir al-mu'minin as to what is the third con- the fourth condition it will make you shiver. As to what the fourth condition is. Should I say it? Should I say it? Imam Ali says you should shed every piece of meat on your body that was fed with haram until your skin attaches to your bone and you start again with halal feeding of your body and your system. Allahu Akbar. To that extent. To that extent. But we don't want to make it difficult to our youth. Just start with admission. Start with admission. One of those people who realized that particular mission. By the way, this is the first two pages of my speech. But anyway, inshallah, we have three more days or four more days. We can continue. We need to go to Aliyun al-Akbar. What an amazing human being. The son of Imam Hussein alayhi The most in resemblance. رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم، إمام الحجة عند زياره، ودَز يسَيتُ ذا إمام. يزَس السلام عليك يا أول قتيل من نسل خير سليل. أو oh, the one who was the first to be killed on the, of From the, of the best of who? رسول الله صلى الله عليه وآله وسلم. he was the first martyr to go out on the from the children of Bani Hashim, from the clan of Bani Hashim. And he is the first one that Imam gave permission from his family members to go out and fight willingly, like Imam Hussain, despite being a loving father. And, ima, and Ali ibn al-Hussain, this Ali ibn al-Hussain, Al-Akbar, because we have Ali ibn al-Hussain, the Sajjad, right? And Ali al-Asghar, also Ali ibn hussain they all Ali, 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 subhanallah, how they named their children. Bayt, salamallah alayhim he was the most in resemblance to rasulullah i just want to mention a story so that i can get your heart today to cry a little bit to cry a little bit for Ali al akbar they say in one of the incidents a man who was a non-muslim a christian came one day to medina and he asked about the prophet they told him what do you want the prophet for he said because i saw your prophet in my dream with Jesus, and Jesus is telling me, You must believe in that prophet, Muhammad. <clears throat> so I'm coming to declare my shahada in front of your prophet. They said the prophet died. While he's talking, they told him, You know what? Best thing, go to his grandson, Imam Hussein. He's in the mosque. Go to him, maybe. You can do the shahada in front of him. He goes to Imam Hussein, He greets him. Imam Hussein said, what brings you here? He tells him the dream. As he is talking about the dream, Yun al-Akbar comes in the mosque. The man looks at him and he says, Wallah, inna huwa. He says, by God, that's him. Imam Hussain says, what are you talking about? He says, this is the man I saw in my dream. He said, no. This is my son. What you saw is my grandfather. But my son looks exactly like the one you saw in your dream. That's how close. close... Haniyyul al-Akbar was in resemblance to Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. So much so that in the, ziyad, in the dua of Imam Hussain on the plains of Karbala, he is the one that says that. He says, Kunna ila When we used to miss your Prophet and we wanted to remember how he looked, we used to look at the face and the countenance of Ali al-Akbar. Imam Hussain, look what he says to this man he said this is my son if this son of mine was yours and he stepped over a thorn what happened what would happen to you you know he says, if this my son stepped on the thorn and he's your son now what would you do he said with this beauty and this akhlaq i swear to allah i'll die i'll die if he's pricked by a small thorn he said by god this son of man, Will be cut into pieces on the day of judgment by people who claim that their master and their prophet is none other than Rasulullah. And he's saying Muslims will kill Ali, Ali al-Akbar. When Ali al-Akbar presented himself to Imam Hussein. The great scholar Ja'far to study says, Imam Hussein, when he sent his son to the battlefield, three times he almost lost his his life. The first time, when he took permission from his father Ali al Akbar, went to Imam Hussein and sought permission. At that time, Imam Hussein felt as if his soul was about to leave his body. When he mounted his horse, his aunts and the woman folk of the tent of Imam Hussein came out to bid him farewell, they raised their voices with cries and tears. Bidding علي الأكبر Farewell Imam Hussain set them aside And said to them Leave him For by Allah In a moment He shall meet his martyrdom And be in the presence Of his grandfather Rasulullah Then Imam Hussain Said to علي Akbar, Waladi عَلَيْهِ Come to me Let me smell you And allow me That you take a smell of me As well well, they began to hug and then both of them were thrown unconscious to the floor then imam hussein held his bead his blessed bead and turned towards heaven and he began to pray to pray and says allahumma Ishhad ala ha'ula'i alqawm faqad baraza ilayhim ghulamun ashbahun nas khalqan wa khuluqan wa mantiqan be Muhammad. Oh Allah bear witness against this kind of people. For someone has appeared in front of them who is most in resemblance in terms of look and akhlaq to none other than Rasulullah while he is bidding his son farewell. Aliunil Akbar knew this is permission to go and fight, so he attacked the army of Umar ibn Sa'ad. He turned the left side on the right, and the right on the side on the left and then began to circle him he managed to kill a great number of them and then he began to introduce himself saying to them ana ali ibn al hussein ibn ali nahnu wa bayt allah aula bin nabiy wallahi la yahkum fi nabn al da'i at'anukum bil rumh hatta yansani He continued to fight until he was overwhelmed by all the wounds and the blood and, and the, thickness the thickness and the heavy weight, and weight of his armor, he came back to his father Hussein, saying, Oh father, do you have a sip of water? <laughs> Imam Hussein said, Woe unto people who will kill you soon. Oh my son, how they will face their grand, how they will face your grandfather, Rasulullah. Ya abba al-Atash. Oh father, I am being forced to fight while thirst is overtaking me, and the heaviness of the metal armor is weighing me down. Imam Hussein held him again and began to cry and said to him, Ya'uzzu ala Muhammadin wa ala abik, it bereaved me, O oh, Aliyun al-Akbar, that you come to ask for my help, and it bereaves you your grandfather Rasulullah and, and your father Ali that, that you seek their assistance and help, but, but they are unable to reciprocate. Ya Ali, irja ila qitali adun Oh Ali, go back and fight these people who want to diminish Islam. Aliyun al-Akbar went back, he attacked them left, right, and center until, ya mu'minun, lakum May Allah reward you on this plight of losing Aliyun al-Akbar Someone by the name of Murra ibn Munqid al-Tamimi came towards Aliyun al-Akbar He peaced him with a lance And another person came and hit Aliyun al-Akbar on the middle of the head. While Aliyun al-Akbar is on his horse, he hung up the the neck of the horse. So now his head is profusely spitting, spitting blood and the blood covered the eyes of the horse. Instead of the horse turning back towards the camp, of Imam Hussain. ya'uzu alaykum ya mu'mineen, it bereaves you all believers to know that this horse ran in the opposite direction towards the camp of Umar ibn Sa'ad. They began to attack him They started hitting him with strikes of their sword. The riwayah Al-Hamid ibn Muslim says they cut him into pieces. May Allah have mercy on you when you cry loudly with me. Wa aliyah. Louder, louder! Wa Aliya. At that moment, tustiri says, "This is the third time when Imam Hussein was about to lose his soul because he heard the cries of his son Aliyun al-Akbar saying to Imam Ya Abata alayka min salam.'" This is my grandfather, Rasulullah, has given me a sip of water, and he is saying to you that we are waiting for you, O oh Hussein, for there is a cup of water reserved to you. When they heard the cries of Aliyun al Akbar, they came out because Imam Hussein began to say, Wa walada, O oh my son then he went to him he cleared those who were killing him or trying to strike him further and he sat laying nice to, to him after he had fallen from his horse the riwayah says Imam Hussain laid by his body stuck his chest to the chest of Aliun al-Akbar stuck his cheek to the cheek of Aliun al-Akbar and said the final prayer may this world go to loss after you, O Aliyun al Akbar, inna lilla wa inna ilayhi raji'un. Wasayalamul ladina dhalamu, ayamun kalebi yung kalebun, five times from the bottom of your hearts, with the loudest of your voices. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim, amman. Louder, amen.
0: Amen, who gives? Amen, who gives?
1: Amen, who The last one with the loudest of your
0: voices.
1: Amma